Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support, as always. Going to have a short intro because we have a, a nice long episode today. Was lucky enough to have the whole crew from Fantasy Wildcard join me. So Kev, Matt, Ali all joined me to do the first rookie mock draft that we're going to get into over the course of this offseason. So two full rounds, super flex, tight end premium format. Uh, the four of us ran through the first full two rounds of what a rookie mock would look like right now. Of course, pre-combine, pre-senior bowl, pre-free agency. So a lot of stuff subject to change. But it was a really good time and always a fun exercise to see what it looks like now uh, compared to what it'll look like once some of those other variables come into place. So before we get into that, just a quick reminder, uh, if you're new to listening to this podcast or if you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. You can follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, like the show on Facebook, and make sure you're subscribed to this podcast feed or follow wherever you get your, uh, wherever you typically listen to your podcast podcast content, so that you don't miss any of the stuff that I have set to come your way over the course of the off season. So, without further ado, let's hop right into the mock. Uh, runs about forty five minutes, almost an hour. So, one of the longer episodes over the last uh, couple weeks or months, but lots of good content, lots of good analysis from. Uh, everybody over at Fantasy Wildcard, and let's hop right into it. We'll see you guys on the other side. All right, on today's episode of the podcast, this is the biggest podcast episode, history of the Dynasty Drive. Four people, one show, Dynasty Drive, Fantasy Wildcard, collaboration. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Second week in a row, I nailed the time zones. First with Rich Cooling, now with Fantasy Wildcard. Kev, Ali, Matt, how's everybody doing? Afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Well, we're rookie mock drafting today, boys. And before we get into it, um, and for the sake of explaining what it is, we're going to do two rounds, super flex, tight end premium. It's end of January. We haven't done senior bowl, no free agency, none of this stuff, no landing spots. We don't know anything. We just joked <laughs> privately before we started recording that uh, if all this is wrong, plenty of built-in excuses, but it's always fun <laughs> to try and get it right early. <laughs> Uh, before we start with the draft, you guys, please plug where everybody can find you on Twitter, where they can listen to your podcast and make sure to check out all the good work that you're doing on your end. Yeah, sure. I'll kick us off. I'm Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at dynasty underscore go. We're part of fantasy wildcard, which you can follow on Twitter at fantasy wildcard. Uh, we drop our podcast every Tuesday, our live streams every Wednesday, 3 PM Eastern time. Um, yeah, we're a, an interesting bunch of guys. We're focused on Dynasty. Uh, we're pretty casual. Um, yeah, we have a good time, but we, we're back up our takes as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Ali. You can follow me at FF Dynasty Grill. And I just love being a part of the Fantasy World Cup. We just, we have oh. a laugh. We, we took, we took <laughs> Dynasty. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And uh, certainly looking forward to today, Anthony. Yeah, and I'm Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Like Ali said, it's it's uh, great being on the fantasy wildcard with these two guys, and uh, yeah, we always have fun and hopefully provide a little bit of uh, quality quality content along the way. <laughs> all right, well, I'm happy to have all you guys. I'm a big fan of the work that you do, and uh, I'm glad we could run through the first mock for rookies that I'm doing this year. I'm glad we could all do it together. So, yep. Matt, you've uh, had you've been doing nothing for the last thirty minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Matt was having. Technical issues. Uh, we joked that he was uh, agonizing over who he was going to pick because, Matt, you're kicking us off with the 101. So what are you thinking here? 
I am kicking off with the 101. Uh, I'll be honest, I think this is not not a spot that I'm too happy to be in, if, if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest. I was a bit a little bit upset, actually, when you gave me the 101. It feels like a lot of pressure to, to make the first pick of the draft. Um, but but with that all in, in mind, obviously, this is a super flex, but I'm not going for a quarterback with the 101. I'm going for Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas. Um, obviously, a guy that, that you'll see all over Twitter at the moment. Everyone, everyone getting excited about this guy. Size, speed, free, six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pounds, and everybody knows he's got hands the size of shovels. His hands are massive. He wears five XL gloves. That I believe that they're specially made for him. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a huge guy. He's got a massive catch radius. Um, Arkansas use him all over the field as the next receiver in the slot, even in the backfield as well. You just have to look at his rushing numbers. Um, last season, he had 14 attempts for 112 yards and a touchdown. Um, altogether, he's had 222 yards on 38 carries in, in his college career. Um, yeah, he's got plenty of big, big playability. He actually led the SEC um, with 22 plays over 20 yards. So I just feel like he's got everything in the locker. And to me, kind of reminds me a bit like DK Metcalf. Obviously, he's that big guy with that with that unreal speed and, and natural athleticism. But he's a lot more a lot more slick than what DK Metcalf is and yeah, just a really exciting prospect. Um, the one knock against him that I'm, I'm seeing quite a lot of people talk about is his ability to separate. But when you're a guy that can be used all over the field and, and that versatile, um, yeah, I think for me, he's, he's the 101, no matter what what type of league you're playing this year. We joked uh, before we started recording um, about this being a year where maybe even in Superflex, you don't take a quarterback 101. Yeah. Because I think there's mm-hmm. a real argument for it. And we joked about that I might seem lower on Burks than consensus, when in reality, I think it's just four or five guys that are lumped super close together. But yeah. um, I love what you said about how Arkansas used him because my, my standing comp for Traylon Burks now, and I said it a few months back, and I've seen it a couple times since then, like I hope the reason I have him lower than I think some other people do is I think he's a little more landing spot dependent than mm-hmm. some of the other guys are. Yeah. Cause I hope he lands someplace where they use him like giant Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see this monster of a man get featured in a variety of ways. Um, because if somebody uses him the way Arkansas does look out, like the sky's yeah. the absolute limit. I think the problem comes if he gets drafted, you know, top half of the first round and some stubborn NFL team, says okay you play x wide receiver for us now mm-hmm. like that's where i think uh trouble could arise but a smart coaching staff would be uh would be wise to use him in a variety of ways like the razorbacks did yeah kev Traylon burks is off the board where are you going with the 102 here yeah just echoing what matt said first so i think early on in the draft 101 102 there's plenty of options that you should be pursuing at this stage of the offseason trading back in this draft, trading for a veteran player or even looking to move off this draft class early on and try and get a first next year. Obviously, you are gambling that it's going to be early on, but I think next year's class, it's got more high-end talent. This is a great draft still, but it's a lot of really solid players that can help you. So I think if you're needing high-end quality, trading away, trading for a veteran or trading into next year is probably the best thing to do. With that in mind, usually super flex draft year looking at QBs, but I'm going to follow a similar pattern to Matt and I'm going to crush your dreams, Anthony. I'm going to be taking 
Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio <laughs> <No>. State. <laughs> Your wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> so with with Burks and Wilson, I've got them one A and one B. I can't separate them at this stage. I like Wilson, the fact that he's really versatile, an alpha Z. Um, he can play the slot. He wins everywhere on the field at every level. He's underrated as a contested catch guy at six foot, 188 pounds. Um, great route runner, solid hands. He's always open, it seems. Just a really solid prospect. I think he has got a safer floor than Burks. Maybe not as high a ceiling, but this early on, 102, I'm going to play it a little bit safer. He's going to be a mid-first rounder in the real NFL draft. And I just think with the uncertainty at QB for the other guys uh, in, in the rookie draft, that's why I've swerved QB because... There's no consensus. You could have guys that are early round one or even end up being round two, round three or something like that, depending on uh, things like the senior bowler combine. Uh, there's lots of stuff to take into account. So I'm just going to play it safe and take Garrett Wilson. So my hopes have been smashed and <laughs> crushed to bits because I figured at least one quarterback was going. I was banking on Burks in a quarterback and taking Wilson at three uh, because I will continue to fade the Superflex quarterback complex. I don't want one here <laughs> because kind of like we said before, the crop of quarterbacks this year, while not as high end uh, or as highly touted as the guys from last year, I kind of view them all pretty similarly. Um where I still have the chance to take another player that I do view out ahead of the pack at his position. And that's Texas A&M running back Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Spiller is my running back one, uh, slightly ahead of Brees Hall. I think Isaiah Spiller has the potential to come in and be a top, uh, top 24 running back in his rookie year, uh, almost regardless of landing spot, because he's got a nose for the end zone, thrives as an inside runner, um, but can really hit the edge and get outside too. He can pass protect. He can catch the ball. He's proven it in college. He's been consistent in that every year in college. The production's increased. Um, I'm really hoping uh, – I know it got painted out for a while that a fun landing spot for him would be in Buffalo. We'll see if it happens after they featured Devin Singletary <laughs> a lot down the stretch, but I'd love to see Spiller on an offense like uh, maybe the Cardinals, like with how they used James Conner this past year. I think if that happens, it's wheels up for his value. Um, but because of the uncertainty at quarterback, like Kev said, and because I view Spiller as the clear RB1 in this class, I'll take him at 103 and uh, hope to address quarterback later. So, Ali, that puts you up at the 104, and um, maybe you'll take a quarterback, maybe you won't. I don't know. We're rewriting the rules on Superflex. <laughs> perhaps so. Perhaps we're going to make it a full house, and we're all going to avoid the quarterback position this early <laughs> on in the process. I'm going to select the running back, my running back one, uh, Brees Hall out of Iowa State, six foot one, 224 pounds. Uh, his 2021 stats were just amazing 250 carries, 1,472 yards, 20 touchdowns, as well as 36 receptions, 302 yards, and three, re three receiving touchdowns. Again, like Spiller, he's a true bell cow running back. Um, big tick for me. Uh, not got the elite quarterback class, so I'm, I'm extremely happy to pivot to my RB1 and someone that I find ultra safe. He's extremely explosive, great contact balance. He's built like the proverbial brick house. Um, great, He's got great vision, good change of pace. For me, I think he's just about the most polished runner back in the class. I think he's definitely NFL ready. Um, I think he does get late round one draft capital. So I think I've also seen him title to the Bills. 
but I also like that Cardinal spot. Um, he's got a nose for the end zone as well. And there's, there is plenty of yardage on the legs already. Um, was that high usage worries with Jonathan Taylor, but he quickly put that to bed in this NFL season. I've seen him comp to fellow Iowa State running back David Montgomery. Yeah, I can just about see that. Um, I think Breesaw needs to clean up his pass protection. Uh, he's not, also not got the safest hands either. But um, for me, he's my RB1 and I'm happy to take him over a bit of an uncertain quarterback class. All right, Matt, that puts you back up at 105. Where are we headed here? It does. Now, what I'm going to do is I am going to go to the quarterback. All right. Will... <laughs> Quarterbacks, maybe. But I will admit we, we've just touched upon it. I think it, it's so tough at the minute to, to be able to just pick one out and, and say that's your guy. I think there's there's two, three, maybe even four quarterbacks that you could all say are pretty much in the same tier at the moment. Um, this year, more than any, it feels like landing spots and, and draft capital is going to be key to to separating these guys, I think, in, in your rookie drafts. Um, so the, the guy I plumb for is probably a guy that I don't think many people will have as, as the quarterback one, but I'm going for Sam Howell as, as, as my quarterback one. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be going to be down on him after the 2021 season that he had, um, but I think he had to he had to contend with losing numerous weapons: the Army Brown, Javante Williams, and and if you know me, the, the guy oh, that no. is that is the key part of that offensive, Michael Carter. Um, yeah, I'm a big Michael Carter fan, so I think losing losing those kind of weapons, <laughs> it was always going to be tough for for Sam Howell. Um, but he does offer a bit of rushing upside as well in terms of fantasy. He's shown that this past year, as I say, with the lack of weapons. He actually rushed for 828 yards and 11 touchdowns this, this past season. So he has shown that he is capable of, of running the ball, which is something that you, you always desire in terms of, of fantasy football. Um, he'll be attending the senior ball as well, so hopefully he can use that as a way to, to pump up that draft capital, hopefully get selected in, in, in at least the mid-first round in the NFL draft. And, and if he doesn't and gets that, that key landing spot and that key draft capital, um, yeah, I think he's, my, he's going to be my QB1. I love that because I'm still sorting through quarterback and putting grades on him, but I'm really coming around on Sam Howell. Couldn't nice. be quarterback one. Nice. That makes me feel better about the pick. <laughs> <laughs> I think, a smart guy like you likes him, Anton, then I know. I, know I appreciate well. that. <laughs> I agree with what you said, though. I think having to deal with losing all that talent to the NFL – uh, and I think there's just like a little bit of prospect fatigue there. Like we've been talking about Sam Howell for three years and mm -hmm. you start to get burnt out on talking about the same guys. So you look for the next big thing. But in terms of fantasy upside, him showing that he could chip in seven or 800 yards on the ground when everything else around him uh, kind of fell apart is substantial in terms of how he can supplement that value. So yeah, um, yeah Sam Howell, I don't know. This is the easy landing spot for all quarterbacks, but Sam Howell in Denver could be fun, yes. man. Sam yes, Howell in Denver could yes, be fun. Please. All right, Kev, what are we doing at the 106? Yeah, I'm going to – I feel like I'm copying Matt here. Like I've got his <laughs> notes, but um, I'm also going to go QB. I think you could go a number of options at QB itself, but I'm picking the guy that was my QB one before the season, and he's he's maintained that. It's Matt Corral of Ole Miss. Um I like the fact that he's got dual threat ability, 18 rushing touchdowns in his career. He's got that big arm. He improved his accuracy under Lane Kiffin this season. Uh, played in the SEC, was impressive in that conference. Um, his performance actually remained strong after losing Elijah Moore, which was his big weapon. So I liked that with his performance this year. I still think he's right. I think there's more room for growth in his game. Is a projected top 20 pick, we think. Obviously, it's a bit all over the place. I've seen him in round two of mocks. I've also seen him 
uh, top six as well. So I think middle of the first round is where he's going to land. I see him as a similar prospect to Zach Wilson, the fact that that's where I imagine he would land in Dynasty, that if um, if it was in last year's class, he'd be like the QB4, QB5. But I just feel that in in the Superflex drafts we're doing, QB's got to get that bit of value bump. There is wide receivers that are probably more talented. But yeah, I think Matt Corral's got a chance to be uh, a top 10 QB in time. So I'm going to stick with Matt Corral. I love what you said about compliment to Zach Wilson a little bit because I think he does have some of that in him and doesn't get enough credit that he really should uh, in terms of what he offers from a rushing upside as well. Um, I, Matt Hicks, the FF educator, said something about Matt Corral one time that kind of stuck with me and he said uh, he thinks he could be a fantastic game manager and he knows everybody will take it the wrong way. But <laughs> he, he really could. Like uh, another guy like... Sam Howell, if the Broncos go rookie quarterback route, I really hope it's Corral or Sam Howell because I think those are the two that would be most fun from a fantasy perspective there. Um, but, yeah, I have no problem with those two guys, but I'm still not taking a quarterback. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it because Kev took the one Buckeyes wide receiver from me, and I'm not going to miss the second <laughs> one. And I'm taking my guy, Chris Olave. Chris Olave, I really expected – to come into this process with Olave being my wide receiver one um, because last year before he opted to go back to Ohio state, I was high on Olave last year. The only guys I would have had ahead of him in the rookie class last year were chase Waddle, Devonte Smith. Uh, I put it out there. Olave would have been my wide receiver four. he goes back to school. Olave is still my wide receiver two this year. Him and Garrett Wilson. I have literally like decimal points apart from one another when I graded them. Chris Olave is one of the smoothest players out on the football field I feel like I've ever seen. All the guy does is get open. He can get deep. He's got consistently great hands. Uh, I think he's better in terms of producing yards after catch than he ever really gets credit for, especially when somebody as dynamic as uh, Wilson is across from him and playing with Jackson Smith and Jigba. But Olave could do enough to be a team's de facto wide receiver one. Uh, I think he's a guy that could flirt with you know, back end wide receiver one fantasy value eventually. And uh, I'm really excited about him. He's not as great in contested catch situations as somebody like Burks or some of the other guys that'll come off the board here in a little bit, I'm sure. But Olave to me is what the, the modern day NFL looks for from the lead wide receiver spot. So Ali, that puts you back up at 108. It does. And my top two quarterbacks have gone. Uh, so I think I can get quarterback with plenty of upside later on. Um, so I'm going to go for my wide receiver three. Someone I absolutely love. Going to be a my guy for sure this season. It's Drake London, wide receiver, USC, six foot five, 210 pounds. Uh, impressive 2021. Uh, obviously had the ankle, suffered the ankle injury when he was on pace for a huge record year. Uh, I really think he could have been the, the number one wide receiver without that injury. And obviously, he's very much in the mold of one of my favourite players in the NFL, Mike Mike Evans. It's from the basketball background as well. Obviously, being a Bucks fan, I'm incredibly excited for someone like Drake London when he when he is so much like Mike Evans. I'm also a sucker for bigger bodied wide receivers. Uh, I think he, to look at him, I think he's somewhere between a, a Michael Pittman, obviously former USC as well, and Mike Evans. He's he's also not just a jump ball specialist either. He's surprisingly good production after the catch. Really versatile for such a big guy. And he can also play in the slot, outside the slot, outside. 
Uh, I've seen him being mocked lately by Gen- Daniel Jeremiah to go in the middle of the first round. So if he was to receive that sort of capital, then I'm really happy to take him here. Uh, it's, as I say, it's my wide receiver three of the class. I think the top five wide receivers all have wide receiver one upside. Um, and obviously he's going to be a, a red zone monster for sure in the NFL. So I personally would love someone like the Chargers to, to draft him with my favourite quarterback, Justin Herbert. Uh, but yeah, I'm incredibly excited to take Drake London here. He's one of the guys in this draft class and this term, I think it's thrown around probably too much in the, like in terms of scouting the NFL or scouting the draft as players head to the NFL these days. But he's one of the few guys in this draft where I'm like, Oh, that guy's an alpha. Like he's an alpha wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. The first note I wrote down when I was watching the Drake London film was the 50, 50 ball is more like 80, 20. Like he doesn't, <laughs> yeah. he's coming down with that football. But like you said, I think he he moves so well for his size. He's so fluid, like in and out of his breaks. He's fast enough to threaten vertically. Um, he could do a little bit of everything. I think after the end of last year, people were too down on the fact that, you know, they only saw him mostly play out of the slot. But he's a guy that can move all over the formation, uh, a real weapon. And I agree. I think without the ankle injury on the back of that monster season, uh, there's a lot more talk about him going – you know, top half of round one. If he falls out of round one, like I saw mocked some places, you know, last month, I don't think that happens. But if he falls to the top of round two, some team is getting an absolutely ludicrous steal on draft day. Yeah. There's no way there's there's not 32 better players coming out of college football than Drake London. <laughs> All right, Matt, you're back up at 109. I am, yeah, and this is this is a, a much more difficult decision than what I thought it would be because I have got my RB3 and my wide receiver 3 still left on the board. I thought Ali was going to go with with a running back that I know is high on, Kenneth Walker, but I think I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go for my wide receiver and a guy that's probably not this high on many people's um, draft boards at the moment. We've just spoke about two um, Ohio State wide receivers. I'm going for a former Ohio State wide receiver. I'm going for Jameson uh, Williams, the, the wide receiver from Alabama. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be concerned about him. Obviously, sadly, tore his ACL in the championship game against Georgia. But before that, he was looking absolutely dominant for Alabama. He stepped in for Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waterloo, obviously entered the NFL last season and just instantly became the number one option in that offense. 79 receptions, 1,572 yards and 15 touchdowns last season. Just an incredible season. He's such a smooth route runner. He's, he's got that burst. It, it, it creates separation so easily. And I think that's just what you've got to look for. Very similar to somebody like like Wilson that you mentioned earlier, Anthony. Um, just a guy that I'm, I'm really excited about. He's, he offers great um, yards after the catch ability as well with his agility and shiftiness. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to still bank on the talent. I know it's going to be tough after, obviously, the, the ACL injury, as I mentioned. I think that's going to knock him down. It could potentially even push him down in the NFL draft as well. Um, but yeah, I'm banking on that talent and I'm hoping that the teams can see past that. Still select him. He was, I think he was guaranteed to be a first round selection before the injury. I'm hoping he still gets that. And you, obviously you, you might have to wait a little bit. It's not going to get that instant success that you were hoping with him coming back from the injury. But yeah, long term, I'm really excited about this guy. And yeah, he's my wide receiver three. If for some reason there's any like highly touted college athletes that listen to my podcast, <laughs> please don't hesitate to opt out of postseason college games. Don't yeah. let any of these old media guys shame you into playing because it's an absolute bummer to see Jameson Williams. Yeah. And I'm an Alabama fan. Like it's a, okay. it's an absolute bummer. 
uh, as much as you'd love to see him out there helping you try and win a championship to see a guy that had that electric of a season uh, get hurt right at the yeah. tail end. Um, I, I think he's still a guy that gets round one draft capital in the NFL. Yeah, though. Like hopefully. I think the NFL will be still super high on him just based on the production, the program uh, and the way some other players have come back from ACLs lately. It's not like the, <clears throat> you know, the, the death blow it used to be uh, for a player's mobility or upside or anything like that. So uh, crazy thing is we got nine picks and we got five wide receivers that came off the board. So there you go. There's your strength of the class again. Kev, 110. We got another wide receiver. We're going someplace else. Well, this guy that I'm going to take here, I really struggled to rank him. He's He wasn't actually on my draft board as such. I couldn't place him anywhere. I just put next to his name uh, the words Fantasy Wildcard, which is the show that we're on. Um, <laughs> I just feel like this guy's got unbelievable potential i'm gonna take a punt go a little bit crazy and take malik willis qb out of liberty um we know that a huge amount will rest on the senior ball the draft capital etc but at this stage in the off season we don't know any of that at, at the moment <laughs> um just to get on to what willis is like to play an absolutely rapid dual threat guy 27 rushing touchdowns in 23 games at liberty um, of course level of competition is a question mark uh, he's still extremely raw as a passer um, I'm not going to claim that I'm a, a film grinder as such. I did see the Ole Miss game where he did struggle. He, he did make some bad plays. He, he looked quite a way off the pace compared to Matt Corral, who was playing opposite him that day. But I just think there's so much upside. The Konami QB upside that we all all yearn for in Dynasty. Now, in terms of my projection for him, I see him somewhere between a Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson level. He's on that sort of cusp. Um, there was a recent mock draft that I know I, I mentioned it earlier, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, his first of the off-season. And he had Malik Willis in the back end of round one. And I just feel like if he gets round one draft capital, he's got top 10 QB in his range of outcomes easily. you just got to look at a guy like Jalen Hurts. Athletic guy, maybe not the best passer, but if he's getting that support of a franchise, then I, I've got no doubt that he can produce the numbers you want for Dynasty. It's going to be... Something longer term you might want to jump off of because talent-wise, it's there, but he's just a little bit crazy. Um, but if he if he is a starter in this league, he's going to provide you with a huge selling window. Um, it could be a similar situation to Trey Lance where he does sit for an amount of time, but as you've seen, Trey Lance has kept his value. He's actually, if you look at cute Trey Cut, he's jumped above Trevor Lawrence and he's played, what, two games, so... Yeah, Malik Willis, if he gets first-round draft capital, which we don't know about yet, but Daniel Jeremiah will have trust him. And yeah, Malik Willis, QB. Yeah, like you said, we don't know you know, what the draft capital will be, but I feel like there's a real shot he goes round one just because of the crazy athletic tools that he has. And if he does, I'm totally with you. If he goes round one, I'm in on first-round rookie draft selection for him because – he could be downright bad as a passer, and it won't really matter. You'll still return late round one rookie draft capital out of him, just based like he can. He could take the time to develop as a passer, and what he can offer as a runner can outweigh it. Um, where some of the other guys that might still be left on the board don't necessarily have that same range of outcomes at the quarterback position, which you know probably has pushed them down to where they are and. 
I'm still not taking a quarterback. Um, <laughs> I want to because, you know, quarterback, super flex, but, you know, fade quarterback. That's my new thing, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to take Michigan State running back, running back Kenneth Walker III. He looks absolutely shot out of a cannon every time he touches the football, and it is a, a treat to watch. He is super explosive. Um, he's got an uncanny sort of ability to identify cutback lanes and make defenders miss. To offer that true kind of mouthwatering upside for fantasy, he really has to develop as a receiver, and he's downright bad in pass protection. Like he's he's not good at it at all. Um, he's got the size to hopefully get good at it, uh, but he definitely needs to be coached up and refine his technique there a little bit. He does not offer much as a pass protector, which I know we don't get fantasy points for, but we need him to get good at it so he could stay on the field and hopefully develop as a receiver. Um, even though he doesn't have the extensive like track record of being a receiver, there's times where he does catch the ball and looks like he could be special just based on what he can do in terms of open field with the ball in his hands. I worry a little bit about you know the one massive year of production after transferring from Wake Forest and like why couldn't you do any of this at Wake Forest? Um, but he's really really fun to watch the 2021 tape um, back in around one. You can certainly do a lot worse because I think the range of potential outcomes is you get a guy who uh, if he can develop as a receiver could give you a true true kind of three down role uh, workhorse sort of role if he can develop into a solid or serviceable pass protector and a decent receiver. So Ali, that brings you up to close out round one and then we'll, uh, we'll get through round two. So what are we wrapping up round one with, with the 12th selection? Well, um, I'm going to pivot because I, I have been sniped. I was going to go for Kenneth Walker for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely love the guy. So I am going to pick a quarterback and I'm going to go for Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh uh fantastic 2021 4319 yards 42 touchdowns and just seven interceptions and he's also been capable on the ground rushing for 240 yards 241 yards and five touchdowns and to me i think is a real fantasy wild card sorry to brand hey. that about but, <laughs> <laughs> but i think <laughs> i think him he really ha- could be the quarterback with the with the most upside uh is he going to be this year's zach wilson well He's absolutely flying up draft boards, a bit like Wilson in 2021 and Joe Burrow in 2020, uh, the Heisman Trophy finalist, and, and rightly so. Uh, I think before this season, he was towards the back of the pack. He's seen a bit of a meteoric rise in 2021. And for me, I think he's had the best season of all the quarterbacks in the class. He's playing in a ready pro-style offense. He can certainly target all areas of the field. Uh, he's just got enough Russian to be useful, a useful fantasy asset. Um, and for me personally, I can see his, his outcomes being a, as much as a quarterback one in the future. Um, we've also seen a lot of comparisons to, to Derek Carr being branded about. I can just about see that. Uh, I've also seen him go in quite a few mocks, go a lot earlier than this, but I've also seen him go a lot later in this. So I'm going to take a stab at quarterback with plenty of upside and Kenny Pickett. That is the exact comp I have written down for him, Derek Carr. <laughs> and the first time I told somebody that, a couple months ago, I was like, I think I see Derek Carr and Kenny Pickett. And I had to qualify with like, I don't mean that as like an insult at all, because <laughs> on this podcast, we stand Derek Carr. Like, I, I, yeah. I like Derek Carr and I feel like people uh, don't appreciate him probably as much as they should. But yeah, I like Kenny Pickett. 
Um, another guy that like I wonder about the one huge year, but you know he didn't improve every yeah. year. Um, but he's an accurate passer. He can go through his reads. He can throw it deep, uh, more mobile than he really gets credit for. Uh, at the quarterback position in a super, uh, excuse me, a super flex league, you could certainly do worse than pick it to close out round one. So that's the first 12 picks. We had Traylon Burks, 101, Garrett Wilson, 102, Isaiah Spiller, 103, Brees Hall, 104, Sam Howell, 105, uh, Matt Corral, 106, Chris Olave, 107, Drake London, 108, Jamison Williams, 109, Malik Willis, 110, Kenneth Walker the third, 111, and Kenny Pickett, 112 to wrap it up. So, Matt, you're back on the clock at 201 uh, to go through round two here. Still a lot of good players on the board, so interested mm-hmm. to see which direction you head. Yeah, I was kind of hoping Ali might let Pickett fall to me at the, the start of the second. I mean, that'd be great to get a quarterback who could potentially be the first quarterback in selected in the NFL draft. Uh, to have got that in the second round would have been amazing. But sadly, Ali didn't want to give me that gift. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go for my, my wide receiver four. And that's David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue. Um, this guy was all the rage back in 2019 as a freshman with over a thousand receiving yards and seven touchdowns, pretty much followed in the footsteps of what fellow Purdue wide receiver Rondell Moore did as a freshman just a year before. Um, and then just looking back to this previous season, coming off his best season to date, he had over 1,200 receiving yards and, and six touchdowns. Um, he, he profiles as a typical X wide receiver. And, and while he might not have that elite athleticism that, that a lot of these fellow wide receivers do in this class, I think he's athletic enough to still be a success in the NFL. And to me, he feels like probably one of the most safer options in, in terms of these wide receivers in this class. Um, I think he, he's good at a lot of things. He might not have many elite traits, but as I say, he's, he just seems a really well-rounded wide receiver. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he can get that solid draft capital. I think that's something we're, we're going to bang on about for a lot of these a lot of these players is, is draft capital is going to be, as I say, something that can that can separate these tiers that you might have these guys in at the moment. So, yeah, if David Bell can get that, that solid draft capital landing in a spot where it can be that, that dominant XY receiver, then, yeah, I think David Bell at the start of the second round feels like really solid value to me. David Bell, the Purdue wide receiver, everybody should have been high on for the last couple of years. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Anthony. I remember me and Kev, we were in a, in a, a Devi a Devi league together, and and this was before Rondell Moore was selected, and and Kev actually wrote the Purdue wide receiver that you should be the the, one, the wide receiver one of that team. So agreed. Give give, agreed. give some props to, to my fellow co-host there. You're spot on, Kev. You are spot. I, I actually on. can't remember saying that. <laughs> uh, I do. I do. <laughs> Victory lap it anyway. Right? <laughs> I definitely said that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love David Bell's game. He is dominant on contested catches. Yeah. And I, I think, honestly, that he might – like. I know he gets dinged sometimes by people that think he's not super athletic or he can't separate. If you think David Bell can't separate, watch David Bell against Iowa. Like David Bell was smoking fools against Iowa. Um, I think he can separate better than he gets credit for. He's improved year over year. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a faster time than people are really expecting right now. He's the guy that when I was talking about my top five wide receivers, I have him at six and that was before the Jamison Williams injury. So, you know, him and Williams are probably pretty close right now, but I had to like stretch it to a top six because I couldn't leave David Bell out because it <laughs> seems like an unfair disservice to a player that's as good as him. It's just a product of another loaded wide receiver class. Uh, so, Kev, you're up at 202 after David Bell comes off the board. Yeah, I mean, f- first of all, I just want to thank you guys for doing such a great draft so far. The 
top 13 prospects on my board have gone with 13 picks in. So it's it's nice and easy for me. I can just pick the next guy up. Um, <laughs> nice little humble brag there, Kev. <laughs> just saying. But, um, but yeah, this, for, for to have this guy here available at this stage, if you'd have asked me this a couple of years ago, that he was going to be the wide receiver seven um, after how he started off his college career. I'd, I'd have been amazed, uh, and obviously it's, he has fallen due to injury. But I'm taking George Pickens. Why does I he am George? so upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he had an absolutely amazing freshman season. Um, the, the promise faded after the injury, um, but there's still plenty of upside. He's only had 24 career games, so there's a potentially higher ceiling than a lot of the other wide receiver prospects. I think if he can recapture that early form and get over the injury and get back to 100. percent I think he's right up there in the wide receiver one overall in this class conversation. I think wide receiver seven is an interesting value. He's got the alpha size, 603, 200 pounds. Um, still really interesting. I think he probably will be a day two pick, but he's got that great pedigree. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. And it's all about upside for me at this stage. Early round two, shoot for the moon. Uh, my comp for him is former Bulldog, AJ Green. So if you have a career like, like him... I'll be very happy with the 202. He's so interesting because it wouldn't shock me if he went on day two and it wouldn't shock me if he somehow snuck into round one because of the pedigree. Um, but man, he's fun when he's healthy. And I know some people get down on like, oh, he's, you know, a hothead or he's, you know, acts a little bit crazy, you know, pushing guys around at times. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, it's football. We'll, we'll get somebody to get him to rein it in a little bit when he needs to, but give me some of that nastiness that, you know, <laughs> aggression Because a guy that's big and physical like him, you know, not comping him to a hall of fame or anything like that, but you know, go play a little angry like T.O. did at times, or Ooh. go try and get a little physical out there like Des Bryant <laughs> did at times. George Pickens has that like big physical alpha skill set, And another guy that I think if he falls to day two, uh, assuming he could stay healthy, could be a big, big steal and who I was going to take, so now I'm scratching my head, and I guess I'll take a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I'm take Nevada quarterback Carson Strong, uh, who I really do like more than the 203. Um, but I think will be available more often than not in the second round of rookie mo or rookie mocks, or even like when rookie draft season's in full swing, uh, because people will fade him a little bit due to the lack of mobility. There's been talk about the need being like significantly damaged and we'll have to see what all the medicals say at the combine and all that stuff. But if he's healthy or if the knee is not like a long-term degenerative thing, Carson strong is not like, I, I, I can't be convinced there's four or five people that throw the football better than him in this draft. He has a big arm. He can throw it to all three levels of the field. Um, and I think I'm not going to make, you know, make the case that he's actually a mobile quarterback. He's not, but I think that, he can do enough to maneuver within the pocket that he's not the statue that people make him out to be. Like if the protection breaks down in front of him, it's not immediately over. He can navigate the pocket well enough to try and buy himself some time or step up and uh, kind of deal with the muddied waters a little bit. In Superflex, if I could get a guy that has the look of a high-level passer like that, um, you know, Mac Jones fell to the top of the second round in a lot of rookie drafts last year. And, People were probably pretty happy with that while still not being the most exciting quarterback, maybe and not huge upside, a guy that you'll happily roster as your QB two or QB three moving forward. So 
if that's the same kind of range of outcomes that you can get out of strong, assuming the medicals are good, I'll roll the dice at 203 on that. Uh, Ali, you're back up at 204. Maybe all the quarterbacks are finally gone now. A couple, but, you know. Yeah, I've still got one on my board that I could take. Um, but I thought I was going to get George Pickens. That was a good pick, Kev. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for my runner back four, although it's very close between my three and four. I'm going to go for Kyron Williams, Notre Dame. Again, had a fantastic 2021, 204 Russian, Russian attempts, 1,002 yards, 14 touchdowns. Shown his ability in the passing game, especially 42 receptions, 359 yards and three receiving touchdowns. It's really close between him and Kenneth Walker for my RB3. I'm just trying to put my, my Walker bias to the side. Uh, and to be honest, when it gets to, to April, then Williams may get the nod just based on his, his rece- reception work. Uh, I'm a sucker sucker for versatile running backs who've got great natural hands. And that's that's what he is. He's PPR specialist and I play in PPR leagues and 78 catches in, in his college career. You can see exactly what he does. His, his pass blocking is also really good uh, compared to a lot of the running backs in the class. His contact really balance. Yeah, his contact balance certainly stands out as well. Uh, I've seen him being comp to Austin Eckler in a few outlets. And that's certainly <laughs> enough praise. Praise for me. <laughs> Eckler Ek- also had them durability concerns, but we've, we've seen that he's an elite PPR productor. And uh, I just think he could be an, an every-down NFL back if he shows durability in the NFL. Um, I know certainly, Matt, you love this guy, and you had a, re- a great recent thread on him on on your Twitter page, so go and check that out. Uh, I love this selection, so I think he can be a steal at this position. Really, the only concern I have about Kyron Williams is nothing even directly related to him. I just worry about the draft capital investment a team gives him based on the size, which isn't yeah. fair because I think he plays way bigger than 5'9", 199. Yeah. Um, but I just worry about it <laughs> from just kind of – an old school sort of NFL mindset of, you know, can we trust this guy to be our every down running back? And can he, you know, really profile as a full-time runner, which I think he can. I just worry about uh, a team kind of trusting him that way. And hopefully they do because he's a fantastic player. He's really, really, really exciting to watch. But the thing that makes me nervous is in the last 10 years, Running backs that were 205 pounds or less drafted in the top three rounds, right? Which I would feel much better if he gets at least day two draft capital than if he's a day three guy. But drafted in the top three rounds, 205 pounds or less, because I'm assuming he'll try and weigh in more than 199 come combine time. Ronald Jones, Amir Abdullah, Darrington Evans, Devin Singletary, Christian McCaffrey, Gio Bernard, Ronnie Hillman, Isaiah Pede, LaMichael James. So CMC is obviously the big outlier. Yeah, one of those is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Devin Singletary, I mean. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I do wonder, is it most likely for Kyron to get like a have like a Gio Bernard kind of career, which isn't bad, but I yeah. do wonder if he's ever going to be a back that sees more than, you know, 160, 170 carries. I think he could take more of a workload than that, but the draft capital investment in him will be interesting. Uh, Matt, you're up at the 205. I am, yeah. And I, again, I'm, I'm torn between two things here. I've, I've got a wide receiver still on my board that I'm, I'm really high on and I like in this range. But then on the other side, I know I've got this opportunity to snipe somebody 
in this draft and somebody that, that I know is high on this player because I've seen him post about him on Twitter in the, in the last week or so. And Anthony, I'm sorry to do it to you, but I'm going for my running back four. I'm going for Jerome Ford, the running back from Cincinnati. That is, this is this is something to, to learn when you're playing Dynasty. If you get to know the people in your leagues, you can make things like this. Go and get your guy and really rub it into, into yeah, your teammates. Absolutely. So, yeah, sorry to do it to you, Anthony, but yeah, I'm going for, for a guy that's my running back four. And I, and I know full well that he's your running back four as well, as I said, because I'm, yep. I've seen you post about him on Twitter. But a guy, probably that you hire him because um, he, he obviously played for Alabama, but never really got a, a true shot over it uh, with, with, with Alabama. Um, but he's definitely jumped up draft boards this past season, um, coming off the back of such a, a strong season for Cincinnati. 215 carries, uh, just over 1,300 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns he's got that great size he's five foot 11 220 pounds but boy this guy can move he has got some unreal speed he ran a 4.440 time in high school and i think he's even going to potentially be quicker than that when it when it comes to testing um leading into the draft so a guy that's really exciting in terms of, of, of that speed that he has but he can also fight for those yards as well he's got really solid lower body strength um but as i say if, if he can get into that open field then yeah he's gone and and teams are going to uh, going to struggle to to rein him back in if he does break away. Um, there's a couple of knocks I've got against him. I think he does need to improve as a as a blocker. That's what's going to get him more opportunities and more looks on the field. And also, he does have a bit of a lack in terms of his his receiving work in college. He's just had 32 receptions in his four years, so that is the knocks against him. But that doesn't mean to say that he's not a capable receiver. And I do believe, if given the chance, he can he can show that he is capable as a receiver. This past season, he had 21 receptions for 220 yards and a touchdown so yeah i think this guy i think he's going to be somebody that i'm going to be grabbing in a lot of play, in a lot of leagues at at the middle of the second round and yeah if he can land in that right situation i'm, I'm really excited for jerome ford yeah give me all the round two jerome <laughs> ford every chance I'm, I'm sad he didn't make it back to me but that's what that's what happens you put your guys out on well, twitter you're never getting them at exactly cost. you gotta pay up <laughs> All right, Kev, you're up at 206. Yeah, I'm taking my wide receiver at eight, Wandale Robinson of Kentucky wide receiver. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm just going to say I wish people could stop with the Debo comp. Um, he's 5'10, 185 pounds. Debo's got over two stone on him, so people just need to get a grip with that. It's not built like Debo, he doesn't run halfback dives like Debo either. Um, but Robinson, he has dabbled at running back, he was actually recruited as a four star. Running back, uh, running back seven in 2019. So really strong pedigree there. Um, he transferred from Nebraska to, to Kentucky, and that's where he actually broke out and smashed it this season. 100 plus catches. Um, he's a slot wide receiver with rush ability. So I see him a little bit like Rondale Moore, but better. Um, I think a lot will depend on the landing spot though with Robinson. It's got to be a creative mind to maximize and get the most out of his dynasty value. He's used a lot around the line of scrimmage and deep. So. I'm just praying for day two capital and a decent landing spot, but happy to take the punt in the middle of the second. I just finished watching Wandell yesterday and he is fun. It's a really fun set of tape to watch. It is more explosive than a lot of these other guys. I agree. I, I feel pretty good about him getting day two capital. Honestly, I think an NFL team is going to fall in love with Mm -hmm. him. Um, Granted, I think he is 
inches shorter than what he's listed at. <laughs> but that's if you've right. seen that picture on Twitter when he stood next to uh, Rondale Moore, he, yeah, he looks, <laughs> he looks a little short. If I'm being honest, yeah. he looks a little shorter than Rondale. Yeah, he does. But uh, that's all right. We don't. We're not height shaming. We don't height <laughs> no, shame here. Not, um, <laughs> but no, he's exciting to watch. I think a team will. Uh, We'll definitely fall in love and spend some some day two capital on them. Uh, at 207, Wandale's somebody I would have considered coming up here, but I'm going to take another guy that I value slightly more than him, and that's Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Um, Dotson is – I finished watching Wandale and Dotson both yesterday, and both some similarities but some differences. Dotson, I think, has some of that – like. Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks to his game, where even though he's a smaller guy, this is a guy that can play on the outside. Like he doesn't necessarily have to get bumped down into the slide. He's got really good hands, uh, a pretty nuanced route runner. He can get open. And Penn State's quarterback situation is not good. Like Clifford is not it at quarterback. Uh, and Dotson, for being a, a smaller guy, uh, honestly has a pretty big catch radius and was able to haul in some some easily off target passes. Um, He's another guy that I think the NFL is really going to like. Um, not the exact same player that Elijah Moore was a year ago, but the similarities being that he's a good route runner. He's pretty explosive. He's got really good, consistent, reliable hands. And I think somebody will be happy to spend uh, pretty early day two capital on him. Um, somebody that I wonder, I was just listening to, uh, I think it was Trevor Sikama from PFF, mocked him at the back end around one to the Packers. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're mocking wide receivers to the Packers again, just because I had to be cynical about it. Cause we do it every year. Um, but Jahan Dotson across from Devonte Adams would be quite fun. Uh, so yeah, I'll take Dotson at the two Oh seven. Cause I was going to take Jerome Ford and you know, that, <laughs> that already happened. Sorry. So that's all right. That's all, right. <laughs> all right. Ali, you're back up at two Oh eight. Dan, I was really hoping Dotson was going to fall to me there. Absolutely ah, love see, him. I paid it forward with the snipe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a different position. I'm going to take uh, the first tight end of the draft. Uh, probably wouldn't take him this early on, but I'm going to going to showcase him right now. It's Trey McBride, my tight end one, six foot four, 260 pounds. Had a really good 2021 season, without 1,121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think he separated himself slightly from the pack. Um, this season, impressive. I think this Titan class is. I think it's this is a little deeper um, without having the, the superstars like Carl Pitts last season. Reminds me a lot of Pat Frymuth from last season rookie drafts. Um, I think NFL teams are going to love how great of a pass blocker he is. So I think he's going to see see the field a ton early on. Um, I think he look, really looks like a ready-made NFL tight end from his really big build, but it's also athletic for his size. Six games with over 100 receiving yards this season just shows how productive he can be. Um, and he's really decent at getting open as well. He's, he's an incredibly smart player. I think he can be a difference maker in the NFL. Uh, so if he's going to get any sort of hype like Pat Frymuth did, then I think getting him this this place in the draft is going to be a bit of a steal. So we're playing tight end premium. So I'm going to take my first tight end. I think me and every other Jets fan out there is trying to write Trey McBride in ink to the Jets. Uh, Jets coaching staff will be down at the Senior Bowl. They got McBride on their roster, and they need as many tight ends as they can find. Uh, so I would love to see him with Zach Wilson. Uh, I agree. He's the tight end one in this class fairly comfortably for me. Uh, and can do a little bit of everything. I think uh, 
he'll be a, a pretty good player at the next level. Matt, you're back up with the 209. I am, and, and don't you just love it when a plan comes together? I got to snout you, Anthony, and, and my wide receiver is still sat there, so it means I can make the, <laughs> take the guy that I would have took at 205, and that's Sky Moore, the wide receiver from Western Michigan. This is a guy that I've, I've fallen in love with over the past few weeks. If you, if you do follow me on Twitter, you've seen that I've recently done a, a thread on this guy, and, and yeah, I've just absolutely fallen in love with him. Um, one of my favorite targets, again, in, in this second round of, of rookie drafts. Um, just looking back, in, in high school, he actually played corner and quarterback, and didn't receive many top offers and uh, originally committed to, to Western Michigan as a, co- a cornerback before before making the switch to wide receiver. But boy, he's never looked back since that. He's got elite speed, agility. He runs some really solid routes as well. And he's got that great odds after catch ability. Um, the, the knocks against him will be the level of competition that he's obviously faced with Western Michigan. And then his size as well. He is only 5'10", 195 pounds. Um, but he's a real tough physical wide receiver. He actually had 26 broken tackles this past season, so that just shows that despite his size, he can still get those yards. And yeah, just a guy that I've, I've seen rising up a lot of people's draft board these, this past this past season and, and even the past couple of weeks, just looking on Twitter, he's, he's getting a lot of buzz around him, a lot of hype. So I do think he's, he's going to creep up these these rookie drafts. But yeah, a really, a really, I'm really happy to get this guy with my last pick as well. It's, it's great that I can get Sky Moore. Yeah, I think he's a guy that probably continues to move up the board yeah. a little bit, uh, but getting him this late would definitely feel good. Kev, you're up at 210. If you take who I want, I'm booting you from the stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I'll have to have a think. Um, <laughs> no, I'm taking the running back, so I'm, I'll just try and gauge by looking at your face if you're a running back. No. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to go for Rashad White. Um First of all, his surname White is the same as mine, so that's a good start. Uh, my running back five, I think he's gone under the radar at Arizona State. It was a Juco transfer as well. Um, 6'2", 210, nice size. Uh, great receiving back, fast with great hands. Um, he had 43 catches for 456 yards this season. Also 16 touchdowns in 11 games this year, so that's really nice. Um, I like the three-down skill set. He's probably a smaller, faster better version of Ramondre Stevenson, just the same sort of thought process of Juco and being a little bit older at 23, if that is his confirmed age, because I had a real struggle trying to find out his actual age, but we'll go for 23. Um, yeah, early dark or sleeper of mine, running back five, I'm happy to get him at 210, and hopefully just he gets that day two capital, which he might not, but yeah, I like him, Rashad White. Love the receiving upside. He is a really, really good receiver, especially at his size. He's not like he's one of these smaller receiving backs. Um, he's like the opposite of what you say about so many other guys. Like that we have to see if they could develop as a receiver or develop the pass protection. It's like we know he could do that part. Like, can he just carve out enough of the running uh, workload as well? And if he could, could have a real steal on your hands late in round two uh, in rookie drafts if if that's where he ends up. And I think a lot of the you know, the depth of the wide receiver position and the need or demand at quarterback, regardless of how many people like this class or not, will push guys like him down to the back around too. And that's where you get uh, get the money, guys, sometimes, right? <laughs> All right, 211. I don't even know who I want to take here. I got yeah, snipe you. Don't take my guy. <laughs> yeah, who do you, who do you like? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think what I'm going to do... Yeah, 
I'm torn between two guys, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Zonovan Knight, the running back from North Carolina State. Um, I had one other player I was considering here. I don't want to say who it was in case it's your guy, Ali. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, but I think even though Knight split time in that backfield with NC State, he's an interesting guy at the next level. He rarely goes down with one tackler, uh, shows really good vision behind the line of scrimmage. He's patient. He's listed at 210, but I don't really think he's 210. Um, he looks pretty lean for that. But he's got a really nice jump cut in the open field, and he's always working forward for extra yards. Um, has a little bit of ability as a receiver, but it's a limited history there. I think he's a better player than people are really talking about right now since he's split work there pretty consistently. Um, but at this point in the draft, you know, swing on some upside, and I'll take the chance on a guy like Knight. So, Ali, you're up. I hope that's not who you wanted. It wasn't, no. You've been All kind right. to me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for real real upside at this the final position in round two. I'm going to go for Tyler Algier, BYU. Uh, Runner back, 220 pounds. Great, great size. Um, apps just produced big time this year. 23 touchdowns. Also showed his skill in the receiving game. Former linebacker. I think he can be a scary prospect for NFL defenders. Uh, his, his BYU career has just been amazing. Rushing for just 36 touchdowns in the last two seasons, so not too bad. And it's just, the good thing is he's got better and better each season as well. He's took it to the next level. Uh, he had that five-touchdown game against Virginia that stands out. It's just a bit of a highlight reel for days. I uh, absolutely loved it when he, he turned into DK Metcalf and he, he chased down a yeah. defender who had, the, yeah. who had the INT. And not only did he catch him, he made him fumble, which was just unreal. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's got pretty good long speed as well. that He can break off some chunk plays, which is shown in numerous games. Uh, so, yeah, I think I might have to find space to elevate him up up my rank slightly. I think he's my RB7, uh, but I'm just happy to take take the upside at the, the back of the second round. Ali, if you had to compare him to a fruit, what would it be? <laughs> Do you know, I think it'd probably be a melon. <laughs> <laughs> Private joke. <laughs> he is a guy, though, that probably uh, another player that like the depth of the class at other positions is pushing him down, but has the potential to be a three down back, like in, in the right system um, or in the, with the right, you know, backfield, if there's not somebody stuck ahead of him. Uh, so I like Algier there and that will wrap up round two. So to recap round two, we had David Bell, two Oh one, George Pickens, two Oh two, Carson strong, two Oh three, Kyron Williams, two Oh four, Jerome Ford, two Oh five RIP to me. Uh, Wandell Robinson 206, Jahan Dotson 207, Trey McBride 208, Sky Moore 209, Rashad White 210, uh, Zonovan Knight 211, and Tyler Algier at the 212. Uh, so we saw one tight end come off the board, probably the only one I would have taken off the board as well in the top two rounds. And there you go, a way too early 24 picks of how your rookie mock draft or your rookie drafts will definitely look exactly like this <laughs> post senior bowl, post combine, post free agency, post NFL draft, write it in ink. Obviously we joke, but Matt, Ali, Kev, thank you all for taking some time to join me for the first rookie mock of the season. It feels good to get through one, uh, but I appreciate you boys taking some time. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. It's been a pleasure to come on your show and, um, Obviously, what a great guy. You've got re really good value for money tonight as well, free free for the price mm -hmm. of one. So I uh, hope the audience <laughs> enjoys um, what we've put on today. <laughs> I appreciate it. And if, 
anybody listening isn't already, uh, make sure you follow Kev at Dynasty underscore Goat, Ali at FF, FF Dynasty Grill, and Matt at Matt FF Dynasty. And check out Fantasy Wildcard, uh, putting out some of the best content podcast-wise out there and uh, definitely one of my favorites. So I appreciate you boys taking some time, and we'll definitely do it again. Absolutely. Cheers. Thanks again to Kev, Ali, Matt, everybody from Fantasy Wildcard for taking the time to hop on the podcast with me, put time zones aside, and uh, go through the first rookie mock that we're going to do over this offseason. There'll be more, obviously, once some of those other variables, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, come into place. Once we uh, get some news from Senior Bowl week and free agency and the Combine and all that stuff. So some things will change and We'll make sure to check in throughout the offseason process and see how your uh, your rookie drafts might change compared to how this early one looks. So again, like I said at the beginning, I appreciate all of the support as always. Make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like the content that we're putting out, make sure to leave a review, rate five stars. That stuff always helps the podcast and happy to kind of keep putting out whatever you guys are looking for. And that's the other thing too. If you have stuff specifically that you want covered on the podcast, Throw it in a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen or shoot me a DM on Twitter, again, at Dynasty Drive. And always happy to kind of tailor the content that's coming out to what you, the listeners, might be looking for. So I appreciate everything, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.